This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. It's October 6th, 2022, and this is your DSR Daily Brief. I'm Grant Haver. And I'm Chris Cottonor. Our top stories today. The New Straits Times from Malaysia is reporting this morning that 34 people were killed in Thailand in a mass shooting at a daycare center by a former policeman who killed his wife and child before shooting himself dead, police said. There were 22 children among the victims of the suspected gunman, who police said had been discharged from the service for drug-related reasons. About 30 children were at the center when the gunman came in around lunchtime, said district official Jadapa Boonsam. The man first shot four of five staff, including a teacher who was eight months pregnant, Jadapa continued. Mass shootings are rare in Thailand, even though the rate of gun ownership is high compared with some other countries in the region, and illegal weapons are common. Nikkei Asia writes this morning that North Korea fired two short-range ballistic missiles into the sea on Thursday in the direction of Japan after the return of a U.S. aircraft carrier to the region and a U.N. Security Council meeting in response to North Korea's recent launches. The missile launch was the sixth in 12 days, and the first since North Korea fired an intermediate-range missile over Japan on Tuesday. The launch came about an hour after North Korea condemned the United States for talking to the United Nations Security Council about Pyongyang's just counteraction measures of the Korean People's Army on South Korea-U.S. joint drills, suggesting its missile tests are a reaction to the Allied military moves. In a statement released by the Reclusive Nation's Foreign Ministry, North Korea also condemned Washington for repositioning a U.S. aircraft carrier off the Korean peninsula, saying it posed a serious threat to the stability of the situation. The BBC is sharing a new video posted online that appears to show schoolgirls heckling a member of Iran's feared paramilitary besiege force after anti-government protests sweeping the country spread to the classroom. The teenagers wave their headscarves in the air and shout, Get lost, besiege, at the man who is asked to address them. The besiege has helped security forces crack down on the protests sparked by the death in custody of Masa Amini, a 22-year-old woman who fell into a coma hours after being detained by morality police on September 13th in Tehran for allegedly breaking the strict law requiring women to cover their hair with a hijab or headscarf. She died in hospital three days later. Elsewhere from Politico Europe, Spanish Prime Minister Pedro Sanchez warned German Chancellor Olaf Scholz that Berlin's 200 billion euro gas price relief scheme must not lead to disturbances and unfair competition in the EU's single market. 
Scholz defended the measures that his government announced last week, which triggered a backlash from French and Italian EU commissioners. There is no one, almost no one, who doesn't do this, Scholz said. Every program is different. Maybe it's also important to see that what we've presented here is a program for the years 2022, 2023, and 2024, and if you put it in that way, it fits quite neatly into the whole set of all the decisions that have been made elsewhere in Europe. Beyond the question of the 200 billion euro scheme, Scholz and Sanchez sought to portray a close alliance in the Acarunia, which was cemented by the signing of a Spanish-German action plan. Under the plan, Berlin and Madrid aim for closer cooperation on foreign policy and climate change and to push for facilitating EU decision-making by shifting to qualified majority voting in areas like foreign policy. Dorchewella reports that while the death toll from this week's truck bombings has risen to at least 40 in Somalia, local and national authorities say the latest attacks from the al-Shabaab group will not deter them from fighting the terrorists. Security experts say Somalia's government must focus on strengthening its security system to defeat the terrorist group al-Shabaab. The latest intensified military offensive against the Islamist militants sparked counterattacks in the south and central regions of the country. On Monday, al-Shabaab used at least two trucks and a small vehicle with three suicide bombers to target people in the central Somali city of Biladwan. At least 40 people were killed and almost 100 were injured. Those in critical conditions were flown to the capital Mogadishu. Al-Shabaab, which claimed responsibility for Monday's bombings, said it would continue conducting similar attacks as long as local clans and government troops in central Somalia increasingly mobilize against it. Surging violence and insecurity have turned Haiti into a time bomb for cholera, the UNICEF representative in the country told Al Jazeera, as aid groups and local authorities ramp up their response to an outbreak in Port-au-Prince. In an interview on Wednesday, Bruno Mays said 1.2 million Haitian children are threatened due to the resurgence of the illness in the capital, where local health authorities have reported dozens of suspected cases since the beginning of October. Many of the poorest Haitian families, they have no option but to drink and use unsafe water. Garbage is not collected in the streets. Hospitals are closed or unable to operate, Mays said. Haiti's Public Health and Population Ministry said on Wednesday that five cholera cases had been confirmed between October 1st and October 4th, along with one death at a health facility. It also reported 52 suspected cases, of which 15 were among children aged four and under. Reuters reports that the deaths of dozens of young children in Gambia from acute kidney injuries may be linked to contaminated cough and cold syrups made by an Indian drug manufacturer, the World Health Organization said on Wednesday. The findings followed tests on several medicinal syrups that were suspected of causing 66 child deaths in the tiny West African country. The UN agency was conducting an investigation with Indian regulators and the company that made the syrups, New Delhi-based Maiden Pharmaceuticals Limited. Maiden Pharma declined to comment, while calls and messages to the Drug Controller General of India went unanswered. 
India's health ministry did not respond to a request for comment. In lighter news, the president of Uganda, Yoweri Museveni, issued a statement Wednesday apologizing for social media posts from his son Muhuzi Kainarugaba, an army general who had threatened to invade neighboring Kenya, according to Political Europe. The son had also this week asked his more than 600,000 Twitter followers how many cows should be offered as a bride price for Giorgia Maloney, the likely next prime minister of Italy. Encore cows, the most beautiful cows on earth, he wrote, referring to the Ancoli cow breed native to Africa, adding that in our culture, you give a girl you like a cow. However, this apparent declaration of affection was followed by what appeared to be a threat. If the Romans reject our cows, that means we must capture Rome. That would take us days to do, Cana Regaba, nicknamed the Tweeting General, wrote. On Tuesday, Museveni, an authoritarian leader who has held power since 1986, announced he was removing his son as commander of Uganda's land forces, but was also promoting him to a four-star general. That's all the news we have for you today. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe so that more people can find the show. If you have a tip, topic, or correction you'd like to flag for us, please email us at podcasts at thedsrnetwork.com. Members of the DSR Network will receive an evening newsletter version of the DSR Daily Brief and bonus weekend briefs. This weekend, we'll speak with Anya Prusa, a senior director at the Albright Stonebridge Group, about the elections in Brazil. If you're a member, head over to the Slack to share your questions with us. If you aren't a member, go to thedsrnetwork.com and become a member to make sure you never miss any of our analysis. If you want more in-depth discussion of these issues, be sure to follow the links in the show notes to read our sources and tune into our sister podcasts on the DSR Network. Stay safe and stay tuned to the DSR Daily Brief.